and welcome to Carry On Up The Misses. I'm Christopher, and this is The Misses. Hello, I'm Fiona. Thank you for downloading our podcast. I hope you like it. I don't even remember the name of this film. <laughs> so we're off to a flying start. Uh, I believe the film that we have just watched is called Carry On Loving. Carry On Loving. Now, just because I didn't remember the title doesn't mean I didn't love the film. Did you love the film? I I, I did enjoy it a lot. I think, because you've always, we, well, we haven't really done a sort of half-term report, but I've often said that Carry On Regardless has been one of my top ones I've seen. Mm-hmm. And um, I think this is very similar. Yes. It's kind of based in an office and with a sort of running theme of going out to various mm-hmm. different characters mm-hmm. and then coming back. And I like the setup. I think it's good for creating lots of different characters, um, almost like short sketches. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's not you don't feel like you're chopping and changing too much because you're just having an insight. Um, so much like the sort of hospital setup and things like that, is yeah. you, you get all these different things. And there was another link to carry on regardless, which was their office was based in exactly the same place as the office in carry oh, really? on regardless. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I was interested to see if you would spot a parallel there, but you obviously have. Yes. So that's good. And um, and again, they did three or four different storylines mm-hmm. that you were following, which mm-hmm. I don't... Well, maybe you're going to correct me, but... but we haven't seen that for a while. No, we haven't seen that for no, a while. And, really. and So it's kind of harking back to the original format, which, mm-hmm. you know, always pleases me when it's proper and right. Mm-hmm. If only it was called Carry On. Well, it's Carry On Loving, isn't it? Yeah. But um, it's Carry all this... Carry On Canoodling? I really like the alliteration. Yeah, but it's also all these alternative titles. That uh-huh. confused me. Oh yes. Um, though, it was written as Carry On Courting, which is the other thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I must admit, I did particularly. I did particularly enjoy one of the titles, which was "It's One Thing on Top of Another." It's one thing on top of another. Uh, yes. Um, you quite like you. You you at least remarked upon the um, graphics in the title sequence, which was the various feet. I did once. I realised what they were going on about, <laughs> which was obviously before before the title came up. I just thought, "What what's feet doing?" And then I was like, "Oh, oh. yes." Though I will remark that the woman was always the feet up, and the man was always the feet down, unless they were sideways. Well, I, I, for all the free love that went on in this film, it was all pretty traditional, wasn't it? Are you saying they they wouldn't have position of the month? <laughs> I don't. Although there was, a, well, there was a, some remark about a position. Getting the position right. Getting the position right is half the battle. It's half the battle, yes. It's Gareth Williams' character said yes. that, didn't he? Yeah. But, you know, with the couple that were not having sex because he was heavier than she was, there was uh-huh. no suggestions that it could yeah, be but, rectified by well, positioning. But I think in that scene you were supposed to realise, that was when you were supposed to realise that Kenneth Williams was useless as a marriage guidance yes. counsellor. Though Kenneth Williams was brilliant as this character. It's yes. the right side of you, uh, lovable, uh-huh. but also snobby and sneery and all of that 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 he does so well mm-hmm. without having a love interest. I love the fact that they had a coupling without any co- love interest on his part whatsoever. <laughs> I, I think perhaps a little more than just a little of the real Kenneth Williams in in that in that yes. part. Yes, but uh, and I also like the fact. 
Jade Sims was sexy. You know how sometimes she's made frumpy. up to be frumpy. Yeah. But she was sexy in this film. I think if Hattie Jakes is in the film, John Sims gets to be sexy. Yeah, right. Is that how it's... <laughs> but a good amount of Hattie in this one. Yes. Yes. The third build Hattie was. And... Causing not... problems with Charlie, as you might imagine. Well, I, I could imagine. lose his third billing. But she, uh, she was also not a matron. So she could ha- have a love interest herself. And she's had a love interest when she's been matron before. I know, but... It, it it just I'm just saying it gave her a chance to show her being a different type of yes, character. Yes. So very um, I think she was she was quite like the Hattie from the Sykes programmes in this. Uh, you haven't seen Sykes, but um she's kind of a bit more of a not of a she as she doesn't have that starchy matron requirement. No. So yeah, there was a couple more. of winks and looks and funny about her that mm-hmm. gave him the freedom to do that yeah. um, that she hasn't really had before so yes I enjoyed that um, so with the storylines mm-hmm. we well, had the overarching storyline was the, the wedded bliss agency yes but within that there was the sort of Sid and Hattie coupling relationship themselves uh-huh. um, and then there was the actress woman who Sally and and Bertram, Bertram Muffet, Muffin, Muffet, Muffet. Muffet. Um, I loved loved it when he corrected Muffet to Muffin. To Muffin. <laughs> right, yes. right. Um, and also Sid being generally on the run and Hawtrey being well, running so, yes, after him. Um, had the Jake's character engaged Charles Hawtrey's private detective to follow Sid to find out if he was yeah if he was what he was what he was up to with Esme Crawford, which was John Sims's character. There was also the sort of um, three flatmates living in the models living in the flat together. Yes. Storyline yeah. uh, with the fabulous flat. That if oh, amazing! Amazing that I would love to live in that flat. Not just because obviously of the dolly birds, although they're all probably all about like eighty now. But <laughs> <laughs> there's only one dolly bird you would like there, I think. Why? The one with the large chest. <laughs> just because I look like Terry Scott doesn't mean I am <laughs> Terry Scott. I thought they all had their own attractions. Right. But, um, but, but, but I think we're talking about the decor of the flat. Yes, the decor what of the was flat. Your, I, I could list about eight of my favourite things. No, that's my favourite thing about this flat. The wine rack the, with wow. the cutouts for the wine bottles. Oh, that was fabulous. Yeah. The, the picture that was just a big black dot. That was fabulous. <laughs> the cushion that was like in the shape of a little tortoise. That was fabulous. The massive lamps, including one that had the lampshade was black to the extent that when you switched the light <laughs> on, it notice. didn't actually make any more light. Oh, the, the, the strange busts on the wall, on, on the bookshelves. Oh, honestly, I would, I would love to live in that flat. Yeah, I know you the, would The die. doors with a cross pattern on them. Oh. The pictures, oh my god, it was amazing. <laughs> oh, I loved it. The other thing I liked was in Esme Crowfoot's flat, she had a beautiful avocado green carpet. She was the, that was the decor I grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um, she also had that picture on the wall that's everywhere. Oh, the, the crying lady. Yeah. Yes. And, yes. Uh, and a lot of fancy ornaments and things. Yes, uh, the, the sort of, you can imagine how much static would come off her pink <laughs> nylon <laughs> chaise long. 
You could run, I a, you were you could say, run a dodgem car from it. I thought you were going to say pink nylon baby doll outfit. Did you have a pink nylon baby doll outfit? Oh, no, he, um, Kenneth Will, no, uh, Sid James was. Yeah, he had that strange sort of. Bed coat. Bed coat. But it was almost see through. Yeah. It was it just looked stupid. Yeah. Just looked stupid. But yes, there was, yeah. There's a bit of static going on in there. <laughs> oh, I think you could have lit the metal grid based on. Robin Jones Sims his man-made fibers together. Didn't Sid James look odd when his hair was wet and all long and stuff? Yeah, well, yeah. You did. didn't realise how much hair he probably had. Mm-hmm. It's just all frizzed mm-hmm. up. Anyway, mm-hmm. so um, so I enjoyed all the different storylines. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really enjoy the young folk snogging all the time and coming across them. Yeah, sometimes that worked. Like when um. When he had to make the phone call, when Bernie uh, Bertram Moffat had to make the phone call, and they were in the phone box, that was good. Mm. But other times it was just kind of like, okay, we've got it. Like when they were in the lift with Sid, it was like, yeah, okay, we've got it. They, mm. are, they just, they're just, you know. So although oddly enough, I, I, when you start thinking about it, they probably had the least amount of actual sex of everybody in that film. <laughs> all they were doing was snogging. So should we do the laughs now? The laughs. Well, the first laugh was one just thing one thing on top of another. And then when when the first scene was at snogging on the green. Much snogging on the much green. Much snogging yes. on mm-hmm. the green. Um, and then I think it was Sid James said that he uh, about the going to see the tobacconist when oh, yes. accusing him of seeing various women. And he said, I just keep going for the shag. I only pop in for my shag. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then when Mr. Muffet turned up mm-hmm. and was called Muffin. Uh, Sid James says, well, we better get you some crumpet then. Yeah. That was funny. But I think my favourite scene was Sid James telling the taxi driver where to go and then he driving off without Sid in the car. Yes. And then the next cab came along and he said, follow that cab and it just drove off without him again. <laughs> was that... No, uh, I, was trying, I was trying to remember... Was that gag also in Carry On Cabby at some point? I'm I sure. Don't think I, I'm so. sure I've seen that gag before. Yeah, right. <laughs> but yes, it was well done. That yeah, follow that cab. Yeah. And when um, oh, we haven't really talked about Bernard Breslow. Bernard Breslow is Gripper Burke, Esme Crowfoot's former boyfriend, and then boyfriend again. I didn't like him. Did, well, you weren't supposed to like him. He wasn't. Really no, like no. I mean, I don't. I didn't. No, I, even as an unlovable character, I didn't like it the way it was done. Oh. And I wonder if it was him. But no, I didn't. I thought he was quite good. He was he was among my top three people in this film. Mm. Top three act, performances in this film. I, don't, I think he was, it's a bit different from... Yeah, I think he was just a bit shanty. Mm. There, was a bit, well, there was a bit, touch of one note about it. Yeah. Especially that first scene when he came back, he pretty much played it all on one level, yeah. but... I thought I thought there was a bit of showed a bit of um, his versatility, which yeah. we have seen before. But he did have a good line, mm-hmm. which was talking about his opponents, and he couldn't wrestle with his own conscience. Yeah, it's quite clever. No, it's quite even clever. Wrestle with your own conscience. And then um, the last laugh I've got here, you'll probably fill in some other ones. Another one, at least, uh-huh. um, was when Joan Sims was in. Kenneth Williams' house, trying to seduce him. Uh-huh. And she undid all her buttons and turned around and he went, oh! That was, that was... Bristicles. That is possibly the, the most 
um, the most Kenneth Williamsy, stereotypical Kenneth Williamsy moment that we've had so far. Yes. Was you know the very idea of a woman's breasts being near him was, was, was yeah. terrifying to him. Well, no, I had two no, others. No, he was a bit Frankie Howard. There's one thing I'd say about that. Oh. Mm. After we've just had quite a bit of Frankie. Oh, Frankie, yeah. yes. Um, the the other two that I noted that you laughed at was uh, Charles Hawtrey in a turban got a laugh. Was that because he was moving? Yes, it probably is what because and he also looked ridiculous. Would it be fair to say that the appeal of Charlie seems to be palling somewhat? Because he didn't yes. get a lot of laughs here. No, I'm, I think he's sadder now. Why, why is that? Him. What do you think? Yeah. Do you think we've, we've kind of turned into the... the Harder times in his life. Yeah. yeah. The, the, this isn't going anywhere. I was going to be something big. Yeah. And now I'm scrabbling to get third billing on a carry-on film. Mm. Uh, and the last laugh was when um, Sid poured the champagne down Hattie's blows at the wedding at the end. I don't really get that whole food fight thing at the end. It was. I think they just had to kind of bring everybody together, but I didn't really understand why. I can understand that some of them weren't yeah. happy, but like Terry Scott and mm. Jenny Grubb seemed to be quite happy, and. Kenneth Williams and Miss Dempsey seem to be quite happy. I think maybe the idea was these people were pretending to be married the whole time, so they were pissed off at the whole ruse of it. Still came the win, though. I know. Well, they were being charged to give me a head for the win. (laughs) Quite like that. (laughs) Ah, you would have done that, wouldn't you? Yeah. (laughs) To pay the costs. Well, thank God for my parents, eh? (laughs) And my parents. Yeah, yeah, sorry, I meant... Careful. Folk might listen to this, you know. It is in public. Ah, <laughs> uh, dear listeners, you are you, you are a rare rare breed, so I don't think it's going to get out. <laughs> um, should we go to the different time? This could be quite a big section, couldn't it? I've only got a few things, but you're going to jog my memory about other okay. things, I'm sure. Well, we've already mentioned that the man's feet are always on top. Uh huh. Um, this. Uh, I mean, a bit more reminiscing about, like, the flat decor. The way they were talking about the computer. <laughs> Which wasn't even really a computer. I know, but that kind of discussion with that giant machine and, mm-hmm. and all of that, that's how they used to be with computers. Mm. It was an amazing thing to have a computer. Yes. I uh, quite like the idea that all computers, even now, have a tiny Hattie Jakes inside them. <laughs> Actually doing, you know, what it is you've asked it to do. Mm. Um, so that's something I noticed. Um, Kenneth Williams, when he was doing the marriage counselling, mm-hmm. um, and the cu- and he was misunderstanding the couple, they said the problem with them is their sex. And mm-hmm. he said, I don't know what the problem is. You've got one of each. Some people are much worse off than you. Yes. A slight bit of gay panic there, wasn't yeah. there? And also the bit where Charles Hawtrey followed Sid James into the toilet. Toilets, I thought, yes. And then got in trouble for it. Interesting, of course, this is now, okay, we're now past the legalisation of homosexuality. So you still can't do it in toilets. In public. Well, I suppose, it, yes, it's, what do you call it, um... What do they call that? I don't know. I don't know these things. Not opportuning. Something like that. Can you not do it? You can't be caught for... That's what uh, 
George Michael. That was in America. No, I thought it was Britain as well. Oh, I suppose. Okay. And, you know... Okay, is it like indecency or whatever? Yeah, yeah, all right, okay. The toilet's in that heath. Blackford Heath. Hampstead Heath. Hampstead Heath. Yeah, but that was all before homosexuality was legal. I know, it's like public indecency. You're causing a nuisance yes. um, to somebody who might not be interested. But, um, yeah, okay. I just thought, I thought it was a bit... Yes, it was a different time. It was a different time. Um, blacking up a poetry. Yes, and just one scene, but yes, there was a bit of that. Though I didn't notice initially. When he was far away. <laughs> but... They didn't bother to black up his hands. <laughs> so I think I, I'm disapproving of the half-heartedness of the of the efforts. The blacking up wasn't good enough for you. Well, if you're going to do it, you might as well do it properly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes. And I've written something else. Oh, yes, uh, when Sid James um, was in the office and Terry Scott was complaining about the women... He was sent to. Oh, yes, uh huh. And one of them was five months pregnant. Yes. And Sid James quickly checked his diary and went, Oh, phew, I'm in the clear. I'm in the clear, yeah. Mm hmm. Um, I think to be. F- I'm, I don't want to seem like I'm springing this on you, but there were so many attitudes in this film that were so far removed from what would be considered acceptable today that I'm surprised that you enjoyed it. Even I was. But do you think I'm becoming um, so used to the carry-ons that I'm I'm becoming blind to it? I'm like living in that era where people thought all of this was okay now. Well, I I, I wonder if it's it's one of these things that you know it's like well in this context and the context of it being at the time it was harmless. But you think well actually was it harmless or did it well perpetuate stereotypes? Etc. You think you think it's like the wrestling of Joe Sims? There was a lot of. Violence, either actual violence against women or implied violence against women. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gripper was going to deal with you later, he said to Esme at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I can't really remember, although I bet you there was some, was a sort of suggestion of um, sexual assault. Unwanted advances. Unwanted advances, but I'm, I'm trying to think if there were. I can't believe there wouldn't have been. Well, um, no, no, Sid James on... Esme, because she was yeah, saying... She, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, she was saying, no, she wasn't interested. Mm. Um, and then there was, at the very beginning, even lovely Bertram Muffet was willing to accept someone who was 17. Mm. Um, so, you know, there was, there was just, you know, it, it, pretty much every box was ticked. Yeah. Um, at some point. But I know what you mean, because like, in the context of it, it seemed quite harmless. Oh, no, is that, um, I'm sure in your virile state you would like a child. And he's like, no, no, an adult. No, it must be an adult, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was, there was, I think there, there were some uncomfortable yeah, moments. There was also at least two, um, comedy scenes that revolved around somebody taking their own life or attempting to take their own life. Yes, I suppose there Which, was. You know, again, it's something you think you just that just you just would not get that in a film these days. I don't think. Mm. Um, I was quite surprised when uh, what's his name the the photographer. Uh, I think he's a photographer. Adrian. Yeah. 
that his gun was actually loaded because I thought, oh, he's yes. just putting it on that he's going to kill himself at this point. But it's like, no, he actually was. It's like, oh my god. Um, so yeah, there was bits where you were kind of, well, I was kind of taken out of it from that point of view. So it did lessen the experience for you? Yes. Oh, well, that said, there was also good things about it. Let's, let's think about some of them. Um, a fabulous, uh, Cameo appearance by Peter Butterworth as the husband. Yes, I thought I thought we'd see more of him. No, wasn't even wasn't even credited. No, you're right. And apparently, on the night of the premiere, of which you know, of the sort of cast party, he sent the producer a telegram saying, "Sorry, can't make party. I'm preparing mushrooms for my wife." So it's quite quite like Peter Butterworth, still still a legend. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Uh, An odd thing of, there was a character in this film whose name was Snooper. And there was a character in this film who was a private detective. But these were different characters. Do you think that it should have been the other way? Yeah. No, I mean, do you think at one point it was the other way around? Well, and in fact, Kenneth Williams' character was Percival Snooper. And Charles Hawtrey's character, who was a private detective, was called James Bedsop. And... I would almost have said that the names would have been better with the other characters. Maybe there was a thing there that they were told who they're going to be. Mm-hmm. And then someone decided that actually Kenny should be Charles Hawtrey's character and Charles Hawtrey should be Kenny's character. I don't, and think, yeah. it. I don't think Kenny would have taken um, but the they tried character. No, I know, but they. I'm just saying yeah. it is so obvious yeah. that maybe someone just told him you're called Snooper. Mm-hmm. And then they figured out later, oh, we better change our mind who we're going to call mm-hmm. what. I almost wonder, because actually the, those characters, you could see each of those. Yes. You see them play on the other characters. And I wonder if, because Charlie was becoming difficult now, they, they kind of swapped the characters. But kept, because He's already contracted to play James Bedsworth. So like, well, we'll just rewrite the script and, yes. and call him that. That's what I'm thinking. Whoa. Tinfoil hats on, eh? Mm. For our conspiracy theories. Oh, well, there we go. Um, Esme Crowfoot's job, did you spot what she was called on her um, flat door? No. Corset specialist. All right. I think there's a, oh, whole, yes, there's a whole job in corsets? Yeah, she was doing up a woman's corset. A woman, yeah, yeah, at the, the beginning. The woman who was our mother in Karen Camping. There's a whole job camping. in corsets. Not do, making them, I presume. Well, it said specialist. I don't know what that is. We should be making them. Making them, maybe. But even then, could you make a living making just corsets? Yes, you can. All right, okay. Especially in those days. The more folk wore them, mm. more, more often. All right, fair enough. That's pretty much all I've got, really. So, did you like it? I did like it. I thought, that, I mean, you know, you know I was laughing away at it. Okay, it was gag after gag after gag. Mm. Although, basically, it was all just, here are a lot of euphemisms for sex. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bit much at the beginning. I kind of w- got into it late because mm-hmm. of that. Because I just thought, oh, blatant. It's not even clever. It's just... <laughs> it's just, here's another thing that you can yeah. see. Poking. Yeah. Um, sausage factory. Uh, stuffer. Mm. Scrubbing. Um, Etc. Well, we go through the cast, then. Yeah. Can you pass me over the thing from over there? Because I need to get some people's names. <laughs> <laughs> One person in particular, who I'm not sure what their name is. Right. That also means I'm not sure whether they're dead or alive. Is this the woman who uh, became the model? 
No, I know about her. I know, I know her name. I know, I know her situation. Um, it is. Okay. Right, so we have Sid James as Sid Bliss. He was good. Does he have to be called the same name as his actual name these days so that. But he wasn't last time, it was Bill Boozy last time. Ah, that's true. Uh, Kenneth Williams as Percival Snooper. He was good. Uh, Charles Hawtrey as James Bedsock. Yeah, he's on the turn. Uh, underused, but also not particularly good in those yeah. scenes that he was in. He didn't walk quite as well as we The physical wasn't as good, yeah. no. Uh, Joan Simms as Esme Crozer. Brilliant. She wasn't a lot of her, though. No, but she was kind of key. Yeah. It wasn't like mm-hmm. she was an afterthought. Also, if I'd said to my dating agency that I was looking for a young woman, and I was given Joan Sims, even in 1970, I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, Hattie Jakes as uh, Sophie Plummett was actually her name. Yes. But Sophie Plummett, one of my top three um, yeah. performances there uh, was Hattie Jakes. Terry Scott as I, Terry Philpott. I'm really warming to him now. Are you? Yeah. Even though he was just a sex mad. Well, he was just after it all the time. Yeah. I quite liked in the scene with, between him and Jenny Grubb, the endless pulling down, pulling up of a zip. Yes. As no. if you know, she couldn't even sit on the sofa with a zip down. Yeah. Right. You know. uh, Richard O'Callaghan as Bertram Muffet. I would entertain seeing him again, but I'm reserving judgment. Okay. But you, but you didn't mind. You played the part well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Bernard Breslau as Gripper Burke. Good. Oh, well, you didn't like it. You didn't like the character. No, no, I didn't like him, but he's still good. Just I not thought, brilliant. I thought he was good too. Uh, Jackie Piper. As I liked her. Mm-hmm. I liked her a lot. Very different from last week in uh, Up the Jungle. What was she up? She was Miss June in Up the Jungle. Ah, uh, of course she was. Yeah. Imogen Hassall as Jenny Grubb. She was good at being plain than beautiful. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I, Having vaguely seen this film before, because this film is one that is pretty much always put out really late at night for mm-hmm. some reason. Because it's um, all about the shagging. Well, I know, but can it, that, that has kind of prevented me from seeing it. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I can't bother to actually set a video to get to see a girl. <laughs> um, but yes, but I didn't know when she was being um, playing. Playing. Was she flat chested? Well, she, they were certainly under a lot of wraps, I think. And. But they were made a big thing of when she turned up at the flat, which was also under wraps. Yes. So what about that? There's a, there's a different time. Basically, uh, what's his name? Adrian just kept going on about watermelons. I know. And flat chested and that and strange also, device that the, that the girl had for making her chest appear a bit bigger. And um, and when he was talking to her, he just spoke to her chest. Yes. And didn't and oh, and then Sid James saying, "I didn't notice what colour her nose." I swear. Yeah. So was she good, Emerson? Hassel? Hassel? Yeah, I didn't love her, but she was alright. Gillian Holloway as Adrian. Uh, He didn't make much of an impression on me. Uh, Joan Hickson as Mrs. Grubb. I quite liked her in the sort of strangely weird way she was doing it. Uh Anne Wee as Aunt Victoria Grubb. Well, I think she just stared. I don't think we could really credit her with doing much, but she did what she did quite well. <laughs> Tell me, Anne Wee, do you recognise her? She's been in loads of things. No. Most famously, she's in the um, Gourmet Night episode of Faulty Towers. Oh, right, okay. Uh, one small, one, two medium sherries and one not so medium. Um, 
Janet Mahoney as Gay, who was their third flatmate. She didn't make much of an impression. She's a bit rubbish, I thought. Yeah. Uh, Bill Maynard as Mr. Somebody or Other, the first uh, of Kenneth Williams. Why does he get a billing and the wife doesn't? Uh, because he becomes famous later on. Well, he gets his own series and everything. He's in Heartbeat, you know. Well, you ever watch Heartbeat? No. No, didn't think you would have. So, gonna die. <laughs> Never watch a single episode. No, I think it, no, I, I have watched. Have you? At least an episode. No, sure. Um, but no, I, I, he, I didn't like him. Performance of the film for me, Patsy yes. Rollins as Miss Dempsey. She was brilliant. Brilliant, absolutely. In three scenes, maybe. Yeah. Just stole the whole film yeah. out of it. Uh, especially being the sexy Miss Dempsey, <laughs> who was carrying it off. With Marge Simpson's makeup gun. <laughs> yeah, but it was meant to be like that. I know. Oh, Patsy Rhodes, superb. Um, Kenny Lynch as the uh, bus conductor at the beginning. Oh, he was hardly in it, wasn't Lynchy, he? Lynchy down the golf course with Lynchy. Why does he get a billing? Oh, he's, he's, well, he's a big star. He was like a singer yeah. and a um, comedian and an actor. Good friends with Brucey and Tarby. Oh, I see. Uh, and Peter Butterworth as well, Dr. Crippen. His one scene was very good. Yes. Uh, okay, so um, who 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 be alive from the cast of Carry On Loving? Well, I think... I think she's alive. Imogen Hassel is not alive. Um, a lot of tragedy in Imogen Hassel's oh, life. Drugs and that. Uh, not so much that. More she had a very unlucky kind of life, I think. Um, Are you going to just let, let it... You can't say that and then not tell us what happened. Her father died suddenly on his way to see her very first performance. Yeah, I see. Um, I think she did struggle with some sort of addictions. Right, okay. And eventually she and her husband took their own lives. Oh. So, That's sad. Yeah. What, what? Jackie Piper, still alive. Yay! Huh? Uh, I don't know. Janet Rahoy is still no, alive. One... Possibly. <laughs> I don't know. Let's hope so. I think there are some all dead. Uh, well, Richard O'Callaghan is still alive. Oh, right, yeah. And Julie Holloway is still alive. And Bill Maynard is still alive. Well, he's doing well. Yeah, so, um, yeah, he must be quite old. I think he's still alive. I'm not, I can't even, I'm not even going to check. Uh, <laughs> I'll update you next time on the, the living. To be honest with you, I'm not entirely sure if Anne Wee has died or not, but I think she must have. By now. Yeah. She was old No, I don't think she's quite as old as she looks. Yeah, that's true. She's also one of the Doddery ladies, along with Joan Hickson, actually, in um, Clockwise, just film that you have seen, but I don't think you like because it's a bit farcical. With John Cleese as the headmaster I trying to get it. to the conference, and it's it's one of those films where you couldn't do the nowadays because if he you only had a mobile phone, a mobile phone it would have anybody worked. round about him. Could I borrow your phone to phone my wife? Yeah, yeah. Charles Hawtrey had a real fashion phone in this. Did you notice that? It was like in a two piece, two piece. Oh yeah. We seemed to have a cloth over to begin with for some reason, but there we go. Um. Okay, so, uh, Carry On Loving, we quite liked it. Yeah. Although there are some troublesome moments. Uh, but do we carry on? Yes. Hooray! Well, if you want to get in contact with us to tell us what you think about Carry On Loving or any of the films or the podcast in general, uh, do please do so. Uh, you can email us at carryonpodcast at gmail.com. 
or contact us on Twitter via the handle at carryonpodcast. So all that remains to say, join us again next time when we carry on up the misses. Bye! Bye! Carry on! Ray!